This is the Carolina Recycling Podcast. We wanted to call it the Carolina Recycling Association Podcast, but I didn't like how the acronym for that was C-R-A-P. So instead, we're going with the Carolina Recycling Podcast. I'm Matt James, a board member for the CRA and the host of this show. Today, I am joined by two colleagues that know a lot about cartons. Sherry Arkoski is an associate consultant with Resource Recycling Systems, and Matt Todd is a senior consultant with RRS and a fellow member of Matt's with last names that sound suspiciously like a first name club. They both work on behalf of the Carton Council, and the Carton Council is the industry organization dedicated to expanding the access and recyclability of cartons. During the course of our conversation, they explain what a carton exactly is and how it's recycled. So Matt Todd and Sherry here, doing who do work on behalf of the Carton Council. Thanks for joining me this morning. Always, always good to talk to both of y'all, former colleagues of mine. Um, so, you know, to either one of you, if can you just describe what is a carton? You know, do we describe it as gable top, aseptic? Um, what's the difference? What's the nomenclature these days? Yeah, so the, the carton, as as it's described, is is a aseptic or gable top container. Um, the aseptic is your uh, shelf stable cartons that are in your grocery store. Um, that typically hold soup or wine or um, broth, that's that sort of thing, um, almond milk, um, that type of thing. And then the, the gable tops are refrigerated. So they're the ones you see in your, um, you know, the milk aisle, orange juice. Um, you know, at schools, obviously, you get your milk and your juice in the gable top cartons. So, um, you know, they used, to have, they used to have the little lift that you would fold out. And now most of them have little plastic screw top um, that comes off. But essentially, they're you know polycoated paper cartons. What what would be the difference in the makeup, like the construction and composition with the different materials between the two? Are they both made out of the same um, base materials, or is there a difference? Yeah, the core uh, the core material is is uh, essentially virgin long grained white fiber. Um, um, the the aseptics have a little less of that. They have about seventy five percent fiber. Um, and then the gable tops are about 80% fiber with the other parts being the, uh, the polyethylene uh, lining. And in the uh, aseptic cartons, you've got the aluminum layer in there as well. And that's, that's the thing that makes it shelf stable. So you don't have to refrigerate. With them, you know, the cartons having different materials in their composition, how are they recycled? Um, I imagine it would be different than um, other paper, like office paper or newspaper, since there's that coating and there is the different um, types of material that goes into them. So how are they recycled? So um, there are basically two pathways for um, food and beverage cart cartons to go. Um, there is the, the paper mail route, which um, cartons typically go to the paper mail. They go into a big um, a hydric pulper or a blender and the pulp is separated out. It's dried into sheets and then it goes into making new paper products such as tissue, toilet paper and paper cups. And then on the, the other pathway is it to a manufacturing facility that um, typically a, uh, a construction material uh, manufacturing facility that makes the cartons are shredded 
and they um, are pressed like a panini press into the, these um, four by eight foot boards that go into making wallboard or roofing um, material um, for commercial applications. And just a fun little factoid, it takes about 400 cartons to make a four by eight construction board. So those are the two pathways. Right, so at the paper mill, would the polyethylene coating um, be a problem when it's being you know, shredded and washed? How does that get recycled out? You know, at the mill level, just like any other fiber, when it gets pulped, um, you know, in the pulper, that's the separation technology to separate the fiber from everything else that's in there. Um, you think about any, you know, think about something you're familiar with, the cardboard box, you know, it has stickies all over. It's got tape, it's got labels, all that sort of thing. Um, in some cases, it's got, uh, you know, a layer of, of a shiny layer. Um, so when that goes in the pulper, all that stuff separates from the fiber. Um, you know, with the aseptics, that's the aluminum layer will, will, will separate away as well. Um, you essentially have the fiber that goes into making paper, <laughs> paper and then everything else will, will be um, skimmed off. And, you know, just like any other trash in the, in the, um, in the paper mill gets handled different ways. Um, some of it could go into a sludge, um, but a lot of the polyethylene is recoverable. Right now, it's, it's really wet material. There's pathways that we're looking at as far as getting that material dried and having it go into, you know, applications we're all familiar with, things like plastic lumber and, and those sorts of things. Can y'all tell me about the Carton Council? Um, what's that organization and what's its goal? So the Carton Council was formed um, a little over a decade ago by the major carton manufacturers and those being um, SIG, uh, Evergreen Packaging, Tetra Pak, and Elopac. And the, they formed this coalition to deliver long-term solutions to divert cartons from landfills and to expand carton recycling nationwide. So, um, and, and then with that effort, there's a bunch of folks like uh, Matt and myself, we, we are part of the Carton Council field team. So we're sort of the um, folks that go out and work with communities and MRFs and try to keep a pulse on what is going on with carton recycling at those MRFs that are currently recycling um, cartons and then try to help MRFs that do not recycle to, to try to, to find out where their pain points are, where their opportunities to add cartons, um, work with communities um, to, to, to just increase access to, to residents. I want to make a quick note on terminology that MRFs stands for Material Recovery Facility, which is where our household recyclables go to get sorted and then sold to a, a downstream market like a paper mill. For the MRFs that um, are recycling cartons, how does how does it work at that MRF? Is there a, a positive sort for these cartons? Is there um, its own specific bale at the end of the line? With MRFs, um, they have options on on managing cartons. Um, the Carton Council's preference is that the carton is positively sorted at the MRF. So you pick it out of the stream and you put it into a bunker and you make a bale of cartons. And then that's the commodity that you're moving. Um, whether it's export or domestic, um, you're basically moving what's, what's called a grade 52 bale. So you're moving that grade 52 bale into the marketplace. Um, but for different reasons, um, you know, MRFs have the ability to, you know, make their own choices on how they handle material. And in some cases, those cartons would go into a mixed paper bale. 
you know, all, a lot of it has to do with, you know, storage space, um, bunker space, um, sorting technology, things like that. I mean, the one reason that Carton Council was formed was to support the recovery of cartons in the marketplace and to help strengthen the end markets for, for cartons, um, just to build that pipeline and fill that pipeline. Um, so that's why the Carton Council is here and they've, you know, provided funding um, so they're not just asking MERS to do this, um, they help. Um, they've got some grant funding to help with equipment if you wanna do a positive sort. And that could run the gamut from, you know, adding an extra bunker, making a, a, you know, adding a conveyor to make your sort line longer. And then potentially if you've got enough volume or enough need, um, some sort of mechanical equipment to help with that, whether that's a robot or an optical sorter or something like that to help with, with mechanically sorting the cartons. So there's a lot of, options in play um, and every MRF is different. So it just depends on the, the needs of the MRF, the size of the community and that sort of thing. And then the other side of the coin, there's all sorts of communication resources that they have ready um, for communities to tap into. And then a whole separate category of carton recovery is schools. So there's a whole schools program um, for carton recovery. And when we're looking at volume, like if a community is concerned about the volume of cartons when they're doing that positive sort, you essentially can double your carton recovery by adding a schools, a robust schools program. Um, so getting all those milk cartons that the kids have at lunch, getting them into the recycling stream and, and getting those, those cartons recovered. I know that there are a lot of MRFs that have tightened their accepted materials lists. Um, has that been an issue at all for cartons? And, and if so, what work have y'all done to, to rectify that? Yeah, so probably the biggest issue with um, the markets in the last couple of years has been the downward pressure on mixed paper pricing. That's kind of pushed market pricing down for a lot of grades. So if you were making a grade 52, you, you also saw the market price for grade 52 go down. It, you know, as far as whether cartons stay on a list or don't stay on a list, sometimes it just depends on you know, there was a big push with contamination issues or, you know, things that are allowed or not allowed in a bale. And just depending on where that, say you were sorting into a, a mixed paper bale, um, depending on where that mixed paper was going, you know, they may want certain materials in that mixed paper bale. And that's either, you know, as a MRF, you have decisions to make, either find a different market, which a lot of mills had, or sorry, MRFs had to do just because material wasn't going export, it wasn't going to China um, for the same exact reasons. Um, so just looking at the, the mill landscape, um, there's been a lot of work around that. Um, there's been a lot of work on the market development side relative to cartons over the last couple of years. So there's, there's still work happening there. And then other markets have opened up that weren't as, um, as robust before. Um, there's a lot of export going into Mexico uh, right now for cartons. So that's been a big help. And honestly, I would say there's not as much export going to, to Asia so it sounds like you've been trying to find more options um, domestically or at least in North America um, for in-markets for cartons. So if a mill is not currently able to recycle cartons, what is something that they can do or change about their process in order to add cartons to their recycling mix? Yeah, so paper mills, they're all different. You know, they're different on their inbound, what they consume. It all depends on, you know, obviously the product they're making at the end. Um, has to do with their technology, you know, the pulping technology they have, um, you know, with their, their screening technology, all that sort of thing. Something that helps mill acceptance, and this is uh, it's a, it's a small thing, but it's something that not a, a lot of 
or any mills really have is, is shredding technology on the front end. So you think about the, the polycoat bale um, or bale of polycoat material, that pulper would have an easier time accessing the fiber if it was shredded. So if it went into the, the unit shredded versus a whole container, that uh, cycle time in the pulper could be lower and you could still access that fiber. So one thing that potentially could be a point of conversation with some of these paper mills is, you know, putting in a, a front end shredder on your mill operations so you can shred those polycoat bales before they go into the pulper. So those are just an example of some types of things that could happen to make, you know, broader acceptance of, of that carton bale or, or a polycoat bale, you know, in the marketplace right now. I believe y'all spoke earlier about some resources from the carton council to help these MRFs and mills um, recycle cartons, but Sherry, could, could you remind everyone um, listening what um, the carton council can offer? What, uh, what sure, can the carton sure. council do to help recycle? Yeah, so uh, we'll, we'll look at this in two ways. We can uh, talk about the, um, the, the MRF side, the Carton Council can provide technical support. We can go in and, you know, understand the, the, the needs of the MRF, um, come up with maybe some solutions, either, like I said, through um, some technical support, or we do have some grants that could be um, available. And then on the community side, on the cartonopportunities.org website, there are a, a lot of materials that can a community can just plug and play into their their educational message, messaging. So there's press releases, there's ready to go videos, there's uh, carton myths and facts information, press releases, FAQs, bill stuffers, and then website copy and also images that are ready to go. Um, and then on the school side of the school recycling program um, through the Carton Council, there's, there's a dedicated field team of experts that can go into schools and, and work with them to uh, engage with the, the school system and then uh, set up a school program um, and then again provide communication materials and uh, there's a small grants program. Uh, so there's a, there's a whole team that's there to, to help them make that a successful program. So Sherry, are there any last takeaways uh, you want to leave for the audience? Yes, I'd like to leave you with five things um, before we leave today. Um, the first, um, just remember cartons are recyclable and should not end up in landfills. Two, there are um, both economic and environmental value in carton recycling, especially when you sort that into a grade 52 bale. Three, there is new technology out there such as robotic sortation that is making carton recycling more efficient. And four, there's end markets, they exist and are growing. And five, um, the Carton Council has resources to help. Great. Thanks for your time this morning. Always good to hear from the two of y'all. Thanks, Thanks Matt. Matt. I really appreciate both Sherry and Matt for joining the episode and providing some great insights about cartons. Also, big thanks to the CRA's diamond sponsors, Pratt Industries and Sunoco Recycling, and also to Tom Mahar for the theme music. So recently I had a colleague who will remain nameless tell me that I needed a better one-liner sign-off like I'm some sort of a weird cable TV news anchor. So I've been brainstorming all week 
and I've still come up with nothing. Regardless, I'm going to just come up with one, and we'll, we'll see if it sticks. So here goes. Um, uh, don't forget the four R's. Reduce, reuse, recycle, and remember to keep on listening. How about that?